Come on, they told me this is that service. I had the bougie service at seven at, at, in the first morning. The second service was I. They told me this is the turn up service right here. Yeah! We in the building. Slap somebody high five and say, I'm going to get mine today. Push somebody on the other side until their weave shake a little bit and say, if you don't want yours, I'll take that too. I'll take your healing, your promotion, your elevation, your increase, your favor, your next level. If you're going to be quiet about it, give it to me. All the hell I'm coming out of. And you got the audacity to sit here like a silent statue in the sanctuary. Is there anybody here that came to get what God has for you? Don't wait for your neighbor. Shout like you got it. Bless his name. Sit down if you can. It's another day's journey, and I'm just glad about it. Sound man, if you could give me anything up here in the wedges, I would be so appreciative. Uh, the, the last service tried to take everything I had. They heard that y'all were more lively than they are, so they tried to show out today. But I know how it goes. I have three services, and mine are on different sides of town, and so my last service... That's the club crowd. Some of y'all just got in. Don't play with it. Tell your neighbor, we know he talking about you. Don't worry about it. I'm just glad you came. <laughs> to God be the glory. Do me a favor. Uh, I need you to help me uh, to do this. And, uh, you know, don't hate celebrate. I really, really need you to do this. But you, you may not know, when I was a little kid, I was a teenager in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I live in Chicago, and I've been there for almost 25 years, well, for 25 years. But I'm really a country mouse in the big city. So uh, I'm country with a K, and I just can't help it. It is what it is. And so I, I, I remember in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, I was 16, 17 years old. There was a member of my father's church, uh, two, two um, members of my father's church who had a son. And his son was a member of this church here in Indianapolis. And he used to bring me VHS tapes. Y'all remember what those are? Some of y'all remember eight tracks. Don't front with me tonight. But he used to bring me VHS tapes to, to my house. And, 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 and there was this, this brother who was preaching in a way that I had never experienced God like this. I never felt this way. And I would see, I would see him literally walking across this floor right here, striding with long steps with the mic back here. And the, the anointing of God was so heavy on him, the power of God was so strong that it pulled and attracted me to the word in a way that I had never experienced it. And I, I will never ever forget, and I'm eternally grateful, I very rarely, very, very rarely will accept Sunday engagements. I think I can count on one hand how many in the last five years. But this was a no-brainer because this man of God is in large part responsible for inciting something in me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, help me out. It's more of you than it is of me. But can you help me celebrate the most incredible, anointed, powerful, extraordinary, gifted, articulate, persevering, enduring, ridiculously awesome man and woman of God, his wife who was in last service. Come on and give God glory for them. Yeah. To our pastor, thank you. 
And I, I, I told him on yesterday, on yesterday I said, you know, I accepted this and I was so excited to be asked and invited. I was incredibly excited. And then yesterday it hit me because he texted me and said, hey, prophet, you need anything? Everything good? We're excited to have you tomorrow. And, you know, I looked up at the name to see who it was from and I saw Jeffrey Johnson. I said, wait a minute. I'm preaching behind Jeffrey Johnson? The devil has tricked me. Nowhere in the world I can stand in these massive shoes. Thank you again. And then to this month, this man of God, I was going to say his mother, but his man of God, definitely not a mother. He's my brother. But he is a brother. He is a friend. He is an incredible gift to the body of Jesus Christ. I love him so much, y'all. He has no idea how much I pray for him. Can you do me a favor and thank God for the ministry gift of this awesome, ridiculously phenomenon in the body of Christ, Jonathan Mac Reynolds? Man, I love you, man. And you just cold. It's cold. You just cold, man. You just. Don't work. I can't do it like you. So amazing, so incredibly gifted. I'm glad to be here. Those of you who have your Bibles, would you grab the word? I've been praying, God, give me the word for this service. I don't want to be cookie cutter or formulaic, but I want to preach the word that he has for this service. I, I, thank you, Holy Ghost. Grab your Bibles and turn to Acts the 16th chapter. We'll go there. Acts the 16th chapter, verses 19 through 26. Acts 16, 19 through 26. When you found it, will you shout hallelujah? Let me try it one more time. When you found it, shout hallelujah. Great. Pastor, you were right. It's that service right here. It's the one right here. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Acts 16, 19 through 26. I'm going to read it to you aloud. Well, why are you flipping it? Let me prepare myself. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. Call your name and say, I, I need thee. Oh, 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 bless me now, my Savior, my Savior, my Lord, my God, my King, my everything. I, 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 I come. 
Now that's how my grandmama said it. I know some of y'all waiting on me to say it my way. And I need you. No. Or another minute, Jesus. Not an hour of another day, but Lord, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Shame to call your name, Jesus, and say, I need a blessing. Bless me right now, right now. Oh, in my home, in my marriage, with my children, in my money, I need. Bless me right now, right now, right now, my Savior. Oh, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help all of my help comes from you I come weary wounded beaten battered broken and scorned here I am Jesus I, 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 I come to don't wait till the battle is over this is a test of the emergency praise system if this had been the real thing, the trumpet would have sounded. The sky would have rolled back like a scroll. He would have been descending from the cloud. This is a test. This is just a test of the emergency praise system. According to your faith, be it done unto you. I want to see who really believes God is about to do something incredible. Don't wait for their permission, but shout like it's already done. Praise him on the level of your expectation. Lift him high in this place. Give him glory in this place. Shout before you see it. My, my. Glory to your name, Jesus. Push somebody and say, I told you I'm going to get mine today. Hallelujah. 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 I see you in the future. You look better than you look right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your joy coming back this year. Don't worry about it. Hallelujah. Peace shall be restored this year. Increase is about to fall. Favor is about to be manifested. God get the glory out of this situation. If you believe it's already done, just show glory. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, bless his name. Acts the 16th chapter. Come on, I got work to do. Acts the 16th chapter. Acts the 16th chapter, verses 19 through 26. For the last two services, it's been so conditioned and so programmed because of the logistics of time that I've had to be very guarded and be very monitored about the time. 
but they told me I have uh, 10 minutes in this service. Is that cool with y'all? Okay, good. Then I'll be done in about an hour and a half. Amen. I don't want to see no Baptist fingers tipping up in here. You tipping out either. <laughs> Acts 16 verses 19 through 26. When you found a child, hallelujah. I'll read it to you aloud as you read along with me silently. It reads as follows. Her master's hopes of wealth were not now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. And the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were so severely beaten and then they were thrown into the prison. But that wasn't enough. The jailer was ordered to make sure they did not escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, clamped their feet in the stocks. And around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening. And suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. The prison was shaken to its foundations. And all the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. Let's talk to God together. God, I thank you for this moment. Before I ask you for anything, I thank you for everything. You've already been good. Now I ask that you punctuate this moment with your presence. Let your power be manifested in such a magnificent way that nobody leaves here the same way that they came. Kill our ignorance with your truth. Cause us to see as we have never seen before. Speak God because we're listening. Cancel every distraction. Silence every outside and external existential voice. And allow us God to hear the inner things that you're speaking in the small still of our own spirit I ask God that you would manifest your will in our lives give us the discipline the grace and the strength to endure and persevere and give us the power and the presence of mind to turn around and tell you thank you when we see what you're about to say thank you in advance for what you're about to do in us with us to us for us and through us in the matchless marvelous mighty name of our lord and savior jesus christ we decree and declare our increase our favor our blessings and our prosperity in jesus name let everything that has breath shout hallelujah and amen and amen turn to your neighbor and say neighbor if you didn't like me you shouldn't have sat by me You stuck with me now. Turn to somebody else on the other side and say, neighbor, we are unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Shout it to yourself. Say, we. No, you got to put emphasis on we. We are unstoppable. You may not know you need me, but you need me. And I need you. We are many members, but we are part of one body. And when we get together, there is nothing that we cannot do. The enemy is, the enemy of our enemy is unity. Unite is singular. It means one. So when we unity, when we unify, when we unite with one another, we are a threat to the kingdom of darkness.
He can't stand the fact that we are sitting in the sanctuary on one accord, listening for the voice of God, learning from the word of God, experiencing the power of God and living under the grace of God. He hates the fact that you made it, but he should have killed you before you got here today. He messed up and let us get into the sanctuary of the believers. And now he is in trouble. Because where you don't feel like praising, I'll shout for you. Where you don't feel like giving God glory, I'll lift him up for you. Where you don't have strength to pray, I'll pray for you. Somebody shouted, we are unstoppable. One of us can chase a thousand demonic principalities. Two of us can put 10,000 to flight. He is in trouble now because by the time we finish calling on the name of Jesus, making a case against the enemy, pleading the blood of Jesus over the people in this place, tell your neighbor you sat on the right row because you in a praiser's row. This is a worshiper's section. You picked the right place to sit today because God inhabits, he lives in the praises of his people and the fact that you are sitting by a praiser means that he's about to come down and sit in my section where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty I need some praises to make some road check road check road check this is what we do in my church road check road check road check nothing worse than going to the party and you got a whole group of people that won't get on the dance floor but they sitting around on the wall road check road check road check road check tell them if you want to be quiet you need to go to the other section because this is the i've been through hell section but i'm still alive section this is i made it section where my real praise is over here oh bless his name oh bless his name sit down and tell your neighbor i told you i'm gonna get mine today You don't know what I'm coming out of. You don't know how many tears I've had to cry lately. You didn't see what the devil did to try to stop me. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what I've been through. You didn't see him lying behind me. You don't know what kind of people I need to be delivered from. You didn't see the haters that were nipping at my heels. You just don't know what I've been through. Because if you knew, you wouldn't be sitting there looking at me. You would have been shouting for me. Is there anybody in here? We are unstoppable. That's his name. I feel the Holy Ghost in this one. Somebody going to get liberated from some stuff on this one. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It's no mystery. And it's an honor. And I'm humbled at the, the idea of coming to celebrate 100 years of favor, faith, faithful people, Praying, intercession, believing, persevering, enduring, reaching. Come on, I need somebody to be happy that we made it 100 years as a body of believers under the name of Jesus Christ and the banner of this church. That's a phenomenal achievement. As pastor so, uh, so, so, so eloquently illustrated there's a lot of things that have closed in a hundred years 
But the fact that we are still open, that the lights are still on. Come on, somebody. I was so glad you told him to turn the lights back on. Because it's evidence that God has been faithful. Some of us have lights off and we tell our neighbors when they show up, our guests come, we say, we're just trying to set the mood. No, you couldn't pay the bill. But God has been good. This is the third one I've done today. And the lights was on at all of them. God has been a hundred years good. But I'm also wise enough, old enough, I've lived long enough now to know that if you made it a hundred years, you didn't make it without a fight. And if you haven't lived long enough to realize it, I'm going to tell you like my grandmama used to say when I was younger, just keep a living, baby. Sooner or later, the enemy is going to hit you with everything that he has. No, not me, grandmama, because I'm saved, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm a worshiper. God loves me. She said, yeah, he loves you, but the enemy hates you. He comes to do three things, and that's to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to rob you of your capacity to be. He wants to rob you of your ability to speak. He doesn't want you to be able to see. He wants you to be silent, to be mute. He wants to put your praise on pause. He wants to turn your praise into panic. He does not want you to be able to get up and testify and tell somebody if it had not been. You know, everybody is not real like that. You know, tell your neighbor, take the price tag off. Don't get brand new. If it had not been, if it had not been, if it had not been, from the moment of your conception, the enemy wanted to, he wanted to kill you. He wanted to destroy your potential. He wanted to rob you of your future. It is not by accident. It's not haphazard. It's not luck, chance, or happenstance that he has come against you the way that he has. It's not by accident that you've had to endure what you've had to endure, go through what you're going through. It's because of what you carry. What you have is so next level that he has to stop you. Because if you ever open up your mouth and testify of who God is and how amazing, how next level, how extraordinary, how faithful, how forgiving, how gracious, how merciful, how loving, how kind he is, somebody else might think, well, if he did it for them, That's why he attacks you with everything that he has. And the harder he attacks you, the greater it is that what you carry. Here's what I figured out. That the oil that I carry is so incredible. The anointing and the favor that God has placed on my life. That the enemy does everything that he can to attack me, to rob me, to stop me. But watch this. When you carry an oil so significant, he don't just attack you in private. But the greater the oil you carry, he'll, he'll take his attack public. And you wonder why. You wonder why the enemy is talking about you behind your back. You wonder why the enemy is coming against you the way that he is. If you knew what God was about to birth out of your situation if you knew the miracle that was going to be manifested as a result 
of the mess you having to endure right now, if you could see tomorrow, you would be so hopeful and so encouraged. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for me. Here's my test. If you've been through something, I need you to understand that it is nothing in comparison to what God is about to bring you into. We are unstoppable. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care how it felt. I don't care how it feels. You've got to know we are unstoppable. I know the devil said you wouldn't get it. I know you're not qualified. I see that your credit is tore up from the floor. I know you're jacked up. I heard the prognosis. I saw the diagnosis, but the devil, he doesn't understand what you need to realize for yourself. We are unstoppable. God has invested a promise into my life and it cannot be broken. The contract of the covenant of his word cannot return void. So when he says it, it inevitably will be as he says it will be. We are unstoppable. Okay, I see why you're not shouting. It's because you don't know what he said. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The suffering of your present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. You are more than a conqueror because he loves you and the first shall be last and the last shall be first exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think God says I'm about to blow your mind press down shaking together press down so I can get some more on top of it shaking together so there's no air pockets taking up space and running over shall he use men to pour into your bosom here's the here's the news flash your enemy is gonna have to bless you eh. thou prepares a table before me in the presence your haters gonna have to watch you eat And you wonder why God won't get rid of them. He can't get rid of them because it would devoid his word. They got to sit at the table and watch you be blessed. <laughs> Bless your name, God. Sit down, sit down before y'all start something I can't finish. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Please, sit down. Y'all got me acting ugly at this service. I, I really did go to school. And the Lord says... I have degrees. So let me act like I have good sense here. And the Bible says there was a young girl who had the spirit of divination, which was a demonic spirit, fortune telling spirit. And she was following after Paul, and Paul, the disciples were walking through the territory and they were proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. They were telling people, who the Messiah is and giving them an opportunity to receive him and to be saved. And so this little girl was following behind them and she says, Hey, listen to these men. They're telling you how to be saved. Hey, little girl, innocent little girl. Hey, 
way. They're telling you how to be saved. One day, Paul gets frustrated and turns around and says, that's enough. And he starts to speak at the little girl. And he says, this demonic spirit, come out of this little girl. Now, I was confused by this. Because first of all, it's just a little girl. Innocent little girl. Why, why are you rebuking the little girl? Secondly, what's wrong with what she's doing? She actually is helping you out. She's a walking billboard. You didn't even have to pay for this advertising. Hey, listen to them. But when you walk with God, you're able to discern that everybody that's celebrating you hadn't really been sent by God. He turns and he didn't speak to the girl, but he spoke to the demonic spirit that had possessed the girl. He could see what others could not see. In this season, moving beyond a hundred years, as God gets ready to impact your next hundred years, as your next year, your next decade, as you embark upon the journey of this next phase of your life, you got to start being so close to God that he'll give you spiritual insight. It's not enough that you walk by sight, but you need to ask God for insight so you can see who's really supposed to be talking over you and about you and for you and who you should release or who you should cast the spirit of divination out of. Help me, Holy Ghost. So it is, they cast the spirit out of the little girl. And what he didn't realize at the time, because he didn't, he didn't think about it. When you're moving for God, you really don't have time to think about the ramifications. You just got to step out the boat. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of faith. We talk ourselves out of being bold for God. Because we try to rationalize and make sense of it. Now, if I do this, then this. If I take this action, then this is going to happen. The problem with that is we, we, can't, we can't know what God has planned for us in a situation. We have to just trust that it's going to work out for our good. And we know that all things... The problem with our theology is that we believe all means all good things. But even if it turns out bad, I heard my brother Travis say it ain't over until it's good. Because we know that all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So he didn't think about the backlash that he was about to receive. He just knew this ain't a spirit of God and you don't, you don't have the authority to speak for me. So he cast it out. And in doing so, here's what happened. He messed with her master's money. Now, if you ever want to see people act a fool, just play with their money. I know I'm looking at a sea of color, so don't y'all front up in here. Let your check be short. Let them tell you after two weeks, we ain't got it. All professionalism goes away.
it's no longer, you know what, may I meet with you for a moment? Hey, let me holler at you for a minute. Hey, 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 let me. No, 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 uh-uh, no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let me holler at you. Now what's going on? Same thing happened in the text. They were so mad. You done messed up our money. We can't pimp her for her juice no more. What are we going to do? They said, well, you got to pay. So the Bible gives a clear indication of what happens next. And what happens next is really a roadmap to what the enemy is going to do in your life. See, the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan's vices. We know how he operates. God gives us a blueprint of, of the word of God. We can see how he's operated in the past, and there's nothing new under the sun. So we understand that if he did it like this the last time, he's going to keep doing it the same way. He's so stupid that he don't realize God gave us the answers. All we have to do is read the manual. Before the United States goes into military battle, they send spies into the camp, which is a biblical precedent, had already been set for that. Twelve tribes, before they went into Israel to possess the land that God had in store for them, it was already inhabited, so they needed to send a reconnaissance team into the territory to figure out what's going on, what are we up against. United States government, all governments, they typically do the same thing. They want to know what are we up against. And so God sent me into the new territory to tell you what you're up against. Paul endured five different attacks or actions that were meant by the enemy to stop him from making progress in spreading the good news of Christ. Because the enemy knew that if they ever make it past this threshold, if they make it past this wave of attacks, somebody is going to get delivered. Somebody is going to know who God is. If they ever get to a, a place where they're able to say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Revelations 12 and 11 says, we overcome the enemy by the power of the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Here's what the enemy has figured out. I can't do nothing with the blood. I tried it. And it's so powerful that it saves, redeems, and still speaks today. That's why we plead the blood, because it's immutable, unchangeable, infallible. It has the power and the efficacy of God himself through Christ Jesus. It heals, it saves, it rescues, it delivers. It doesn't give insurance, it gives assurance. That's why when the devil comes against you, you got to say, hey, I plead the blood. To plead is a legal term. It means to make a case. It means to put in a pleading or make a case against. So when I plead the blood, I'm making a case against the enemy. And I'm declaring that you are a lie and you are a liar. And the truth I have found and it does not belong to you. So he wants to silence you. He has to bridle your capacity to testify of the goodness of God. We are, I'm here to give you the, the strategy and the tactics of the enemy. Five things that he did, if you watch the text, five things that he did in the life of Paul as a result of this action to stop him, to shut him down. First thing he did was he, he brought him before the public square, took him into the marketplace, and he made accusations against them. He is the author and the father of lies. 
The Bible says in John 8 and 44, when he lies, he speaks his native language. And he is a false accuser of the brethren. He brought them in the public and he accused them of all manner of evil against the Roman Empire. In other words, he lied. And he did it because he was trying to destroy their name. You got to know that one of the first places the devil is going to attack you is he's going to attack your name. Because if he can disqualify your name, it will mute your message. People will not look at your message as authentic, as authentic. They will not regard what you say as having merit or having value. So the first thing that the devil does is starts dealing with you in the beauty shop and the barbershop on Twitter, on Facebook. Come on, somebody. He starts Snapchatting all kinds of foolishness with your name in it. He tries to bring down your name because he's trying to silence your message. Because he doesn't want people to look at you legitimately when you say God is able. God can. God is a healer. God is a redeemer. God is a deliverer. God is a restorer. God will give you increase. God will give you favor. He doesn't, want you to, he doesn't want you to have merit and validity because then people might take what you say for serious and then they might believe or hope even in the midst of their hopeless circumstance. So he has to try to destroy your name. It's not by accident that your haters are nipping at your heels, that your friends are betraying you, lying behind your back. Come on now. It's not by happenstance. It's not by luck nor chance. The devil is out to destroy your name because he does not want you to stand and testify of who God is and people actually believe what you're saying. But here is the problem. I remember when I first started pastoring, my dad pastored for 45 years. He retired and now he's up there in Chicago with me. And so after he got there, my first, my first few years of pastoring, I, you know, I, 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 really, I really needed this song, man. 15 years ago when I started pastoring, I needed this song then because I needed deliverance from people. Y'all can be cute if you want. That's, that's cool. Y'all can be no, I needed deliverance from people and I needed God to deliver my tongue. Oh, I'm going to let that set in for a second because some of y'all need to catch up and be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't do the things I used to do as much. That's your testimony too. I see it. I see it in the spirit. And so this one lady came and she challenged me in the worst possible way. She did it openly and publicly. And she did it unjustly and unfairly. She did it maliciously and vindictively. So I decided, don't worry about it. When you come here Sunday, I get the microphone. You want to hit me in public? My daddy used to say, when you, when you show out in public, I'm going to get you in public. And so I decided that next Sunday, my whole sermon, oh, 
I felt my help. Wasn't the Lord that was helping me, but I felt my help. So my daddy, I came to him. God gave me wisdom and sense enough to even run it by my dad. I said, Dad, I'm going to have to let her know. I'm going to have to give her. He said, no, 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 no. No, you're not. I said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. Then his, his tone shifted. He said, no, you're not. I said, no, I'm not. It was a whole different kind of no, you're not. It was a whole different... It's like, no, 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 no. And I said, Daddy, I said, I don't understand. I need to find out. I need to figure it out. I need to know who is this lying on me, who did this, who did that. He said, no, you can't go down. You can't go ask them if they, if, they, if they said it. He said, because if they lied on you, they'll lie to you. You ain't going to be able to chase it down. You might as well let it go and keep on going. Keep preaching Jesus. Don't get caught up in the foolishness of people. Don't even, he said, you, you, don't, you don't even have to come down to their level. Here's what I learned from Bishop Jakes. Bishop Jakes says, have you ever seen a dog howl at the moon? I said, yeah, especially down south. He said, have you ever seen the moon come down and howl back? I said, no, I can't say that I have. He said, because the moon knows its place. And so what I figured out in the process of time was that they may have attacked my name. But what they didn't understand is they couldn't kill my message. They couldn't destroy my favor. They couldn't block my potential. They couldn't shut the doors because I wasn't standing up in my name in the first place. I was standing up in the name that is above every other name. In the name that cancer is healed. In the name that delivers the loss. In the name that opens up shut doors. In the name that causes favor to reign. Is there anybody that knows that name? Scream it as loud as you can. Jesus. You can destroy my name, but it ain't nothing you can do with his name. First of all, they attack your name. Secondly, they brought them into the marketplace and they flogged them. They beat them. They stripped them and beat them with wooden rods. They flogged them across their backs. It would whelp up. They would have bruises and scars on their backs. There was a significance and a reason behind them hitting them and wounding them in their back because they wanted to break their will. Anybody that spent any time with wild horses, and I used to ride horses down south when we lived in Oklahoma. Anybody that spent time in, around horses, you know what it is to break a horse. To break a horse is to, is to put somebody on the back that'll be a burden, and that person has to be able to stay on the back of the horse long enough for the mind of the horse to break and the will to go towards submission. Whenever you see horses and people that are riding on the back of them, they're only able to do that because somewhere in the course of that horse's life, it was broken mentally because originally they were made to run wild like stallions across open plains. But when they wanted to break a horse, they had to break their mindset and they, they, they had to put a burden on the back of the horse that would stay there long enough for the horse to feel and believe it's supposed to have a burden on its back.
Here's the problem with us, people of God. The enemy will ride your back so long until your mind breaks and you believe you're supposed to carry the burden all this time. But God sent me to tell you this battle, this burden, it doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to God. So you got to learn how to shake it off your back. Cast your cares upon him and know that he can handle everything that the devil has placed on your back. Tried to destroy their name. Tried to break their will. But then he says, all right, I need you to throw them in the inner dungeon. Don't just lock them in the prison. Make sure they don't escape. So they put them in the inner dungeon. They put them in the inner dungeon. And when the inside of the dungeon, in the inner dungeon, it was small, cramped, it was damp, and it had no windows, so it had no light. He robbed them of their capacity to see. He put them in the damp, dark space of the inner dungeon because he did not want them to operate with vision. The enemy will attack you and steal your ability to see what God has said. Because he does not want you to operate with vision because where there is no vision, the people perish. The last thing he wants is for you to be in a situation but still see yourself coming out of it. The last thing he wants is for you to get the diagnosis of cancer, but still see yourself walking down, testifying, giving honor to God who is the head of my life. I once was afflicted with this illness, but I see right now that the God is a healer, that he's going to call every tissue, every organ, every cell, every molecule of my body into alignment with his truth, which declares he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him, and I might not have it yet yet but it's on the way by his stripes I am healed they say you broke no I'm in process don't decree that over my life I'm in the process of God reigning favor my credit might be jacked up today but I see an 800 in my future He threw them in the inner dungeon and he robbed them. Robbed them of their sight. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ah, I don't know why. I mean, thank you, Lord. Let me, let me stop. I, I, I'm, I'm breaking my flow because God told me to prophetically drop this in your spirit. It's not going to take as long as you think. Ooh, I feel it heavy here. It's not going to take as long as you think. One phone call is coming that's going to change your tax bracket. One day is going to turn on the calendar that's going to change your family bloodline. God says it's not going to, I don't know who I'm speaking to. I just feel it so strong in my spirit that I couldn't keep going. Prophetically, I got a decree and declare in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Ghost, God says it's not going to take as long as you think that you got to start seeing it before you say it and say it even before you see it. God says I'm about to destroy every yoke of bondage that has kept your bloodline hostage. He's about to show you a new order, a new day, a new season, a new level, a new territory. Here it comes. You might as well not wait on your neighbor to believe it. But thank God for your own life. God bless your name, God. 
don't know why I felt that so heavy. One phone call changed my life. One phone call changed my whole life. You know my name because of one phone call. And that one phone call didn't come when I was in my 20s. God waited until the clock turned over to my 30s and made one phone call and it changed my life. It changed my children's lives. It changed my children's children's lives. It changed my tax bracket. I don't know who it is, but God says you're closer. Take 10 seconds. If you believe that is you, I'm going to need you to forget about your decorum for a minute. And I'm going to need you to worship God on the level of your expectation. I'm going to need you to give God glory just because of who he is. I don't want you to worry about what he's about to do, but I need you to honor him. He honors those who have honored him. He favors those who give him faithful praise. Lord, I thank you in advance for that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that sister, that brother, that uncle, that cousin, that nephew, that niece, that son, that daughter. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, bless your name, God. You've been waiting on the shout, but this is what you came for right here. This was the moment God ordered your steps to sit in this place right now. <laughs> sit down if you can. Sit down if you can. That's the burden of being a seer. Because I, I carry the weight of God's favor and the grace to be able to see, not just for myself, but I see for other people too. It makes me pray different. It makes me worship different. It makes me praise different. Sometimes it's my faith and my hope. You remember that they lowered the man down through the roof? And he was saved and healed, not because of him, but his friends. He says, y'all's faith has made this man whole. They beat him across his back, break his wheel. They put him in the inner dungeon to rob him of his sight. They tied his feet in chains because they knew that if he kept marching forward, he eventually would walk into victory. They said, no, we can't let him keep marching because if we keep letting him marching, marching has a, a record of causing victorious outcomes. God gives a promise. He gives the authority. And so you walk with that authority. When God tells you the door is going to open, don't wait till it opens to start moving towards it. Go on and move towards it. March towards it like it's already done. Go ahead and fill out the application. Go ahead and try to pre-qualify. I know it's been bad in the past, but you need to know what you're working with. Don't worry about what the doctor said. Just keep marching towards it. I know you don't have the house yet, but go on and pick out your curtains. Come on and pick out your custom furniture. Don't. I wish I had some marchers up in here that can see if I can keep marching towards it. God's going to give it to me. Tied his feet in chains, put his hands in stocks. Because if he ever got to the point where he knew he could lay hands things happened 
when you're able to use your hands. Bible says, call for the elders. They lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. When they brought the children to him, he laid hands on them and he blessed them. He grabbed Jairus' daughter by the hand and spoke words and to Lithicum and the little girl was brought back to life. So the enemy did everything that he can to stop them. But he didn't realize Paul was on a mission from God. That means he is unstoppable. Tell your neighbor, say, hey neighbor, I'm on a mission from God. I am unstoppable. You thought I came in my own name, but I come in the name of the Lord. And I am unstoppable. Please understand. I feel like closing here. Is that all right? Please understand that the devil has done everything that he can to stop you from getting here on today. Because he wanted you to believe that the enemy was more crafty, was more slick, and more strong than he actually is. And not only that, he wanted you to think that where you are is where you're going to always be. But God sent me to open up the eyes of the blinded. To open up the ears of the deafened. To expand the vision of those who do not have insight. And to strengthen the heart of the weary ones. The fact that you made it to the house of God today. And showed up at this service. Means that God sent you and ordered your steps to be right where you are for such a time as this. It also means that what the devil meant for evil, God gave you overcoming power and you came over your obstacle and still rolled out of the bed and made it to the house of God. I can't speak for nobody else, but I, 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 I'm so grateful right now that millions didn't make it but I'm one of the ones who did. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The devil thought he had me. But I, I got away. I'm still here. I'm still here. I may be black. I might even be ugly. But dear God, I'm here. I'm still here. Na, 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 na. You should have killed me me before I got the mic today and because I made it I'm gonna give God glory I'm gonna tell God thank you I'm gonna lift his name if I gotta do it by myself thank you for a roof over my head thank you for clothes on my back thank you for food on my table thank you for grace and mercy thank there you for go. love and kindness thank you for forgiveness Thank you for joy, Lord. Thank you for peace, Lord. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my life, God. Thank you for my wife, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do I have anybody that knows that it was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in your eyes? Open your mouth and give God a shout. Tell him thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Jesus.
much obliged. Give him glory. Whether you realize it or not, the enemy tried to stop you from getting here today. And he tried to put your praise on pause. He tried to mute your ability to give God's great message of Jesus Christ. But you're here right now, despite what the devil did. And some of you, in case you get it twisted, let me help you understand why you made it through the wave of attacks that you actually made it through. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me remind you that it was not about your money. It was not about your degrees. It was not about your pedigrees. It was not where you came from. It was not your last name. But it was because the devil, he's not as smart as he thinks he is. That's why God allowed him to attack you the way that he did. Because God knew the answers to the test. And he knew the devil is not as smart as he thinks he is why do you say that pastor let me help y'all see it first of all with Paul he attacked him in five actions he came at him in five ways he tried to bring him down in five ways he came against his name and tried to destroy it in the marketplace he beat him on his backs and tried to break his will they threw him in the inner dungeon and tried to rob Paul and Silas of their divine insight. He locked their hands in chains and tried to destroy their power. He put their feet in stockades and tried to destroy their authority. Let me give you all the cliff notes one more time. He came against their name. He tried to destroy their sight. He tried to break their will. He tried to rob them of authority he tried to destroy their power but the devil is not as smart as he thinks he is he made three critical errors error number one he built a prison that would keep the prisoners in but it wasn't strong enough to keep God out I don't care what it looks like God is coming in with you God is going to get in it with you in the break room on your job in your car god is coming in with you well pastor you said there were three mistakes that's just mistake number one i'm so glad y'all asked this is the best one yet y'all asked the best questions he tried to destroy their name tried to rob them of their vision tried to break their will tried to steal their authority and try to rob their power but he made three mistakes I already told you the mistake number one he built a prison that would keep the prisoners in but it couldn't keep God out mistake number two is even though he locked up their hands he chained up their feet he beat their backs he put them in the inner dungeon he scandalized their name he forgot to cover their mouths and let everything let everything shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph shout 
shout until walls call down. Shout until cancer is healed. Open up your mouth. Open your mouth. You're still playing with it. Open your mouth. Lift up a praise. Shout. It's coming down. It's coming down. It cannot stand. All right, Pastor. That was just two mistakes. You said it was three mistakes. I need every child of God that's able to stand, jump on your feet, and get in groups of three. Come on, don't wait for your neighbor. Get in groups of three. Come on, I need y'all to join hands in a circle of three. Come on, join hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. What you're about to do is about to destroy yokes. What you're about to do is about to bring us into a new season. What you're about to do is going to be mind-blowing. What you're about to do is nothing less than incredible. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me give you all a quick review again. He locked up their hands. He locked up their feet. He beat them across their backs. He robbed them of their vision and threw them in the inner dungeon. He scandalized their name. But he built a prison that would keep the prisoners out. And thank you, Lord God. He forgot to cover their mouths. Well, here's the third mistake that the devil made. Is when he put them into the inner dungeon and forgot to cover their mouths. He also forgot one critical thing. He forgot to separate them where two or three are gathered in my name. There shall I be right in the midst of them. He's in the room. He's in the room. He's in the room. Loose that hand and give God glory. Praise him like you got it. Lift him like you got it. He's in the room. Freedom is here. Joy is here. Increase is here. Favor is here. Restoration is here. Healing is here. Don't wait on your neighbor. Shout. Shout. 